Hi everybody, before we start, thanks for tuning in, you're obviously here because you enjoy what we are doing, so we've decided to start a Patreon over on patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, the link is also in the show notes, but why would you join our Patreon, Colin? Well, other than just being a great guy, uh, you'll also get all our shows without adverts, you'll get them early. You'll get bonus content from time to time. You'll even have the opportunity to be named as an executive producer at the end of each pod. And we might even start doing some live streams sometimes. All stuff you can only get by being on Patreon. And you can support that from as little as 10 pence per day. If you can't support us financially, you can offer continual support because we know you're great people by leaving a quick rating or review anywhere that you can. And now, on with the show. Everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. My name's Jack, and my name's Colin. Jack, how are you this week? Yes, man, I am. I'm great, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. We're recording on a Friday night, so it's probably the best time in the whole week, isn't it? So I'm in a pretty good mood. Looking forward to our weekend. Yeah, man. Um, I I get good news. Like my dog, we were waiting on test results basically. So Charlie, my dog, get the all clear from the big C. So yeah, I feel like a new man. I feel invigorated because I was. I'll admit, I was a bit depressed for a fortnight there, like, worrying and waiting, so to get that off my chest and get back to myself a wee bit is, is good, man, so, yes, and thanks to the people that have been asking after Charlie, because a few people have asked, so, um, he's fine, and yeah. thanks for asking. Great news, mate, delighted to hear that today, so, brilliant, and glad you feel better about the whole thing, so that's great news, really good. Yeah, it really is, man, it really is, um, but, um, today we are... Like we're not through crime podcast, but we're going to be doing a bit of a special, I suppose, and it's about we're just going to speak about serial killers basically because you came across a story about a recently caught serial killer, and then what we'll do is we'll move on to something that I find a little bit scary, and that's the active serial killers in the world at the moment. So, you want to tell us a little bit about this story that you found, mate, before we cover these? serial killers that are still ripping about yeah i mean like like most things we cover it's we don't we don't sit down and do a lot of long-term planning for the show or anything like that we tend to see something online that interests us and the show kind of grows from that and this is exactly what happened yesterday i think it was on vice or something similar to vice um where we told the story of the vulgar maniac um i love it when these serial killers get names like this the vulgar maniac um yeah and in russia they always call them maniacs like that, that's they are maniacs, but that seems to be a very common trope for uh, Russia and Ukraine and stuff like that. They always go for the, the place they're doing it and then just call them the, the Volga maniac or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, finally, after quite a long time, Russian police arrested this guy yesterday. Um, I'm obviously yesterday as in a couple of days by the time you've heard this. And he was a dad of two who they suspected of being the notorious granny killer known as the Volga Maniac. So, yeah, you heard that right. The Granny Killer, Jack. Granny Killer, right. Yeah. Um, this guy, he's called Radik Tagirov. He was 38, and he's been murdering grannies and evading capture since 2011. He's believed to have killed at least 26 elderly women, um, aged between 75 and 90, um, in regions across Russia's Volga River. Um, the police have been after this guy for a long time last year. They actually did the whole police reward thing and put out an offer of 3 million rubles uh, for anybody that could give information leading to his arrest. 
and um, three million rubles is about thirty thousand pounds. So it's a decent old reward. Um, yeah. He's charged with twenty six murders, but they believe the true number could be thirty two. However, he's not been a lot of help in terms of helping with that because he says he just can't remember how many he's murdered. Fuck take. He obviously didn't want a challenge as well if he's murdering over 75s. Yeah, you know, definitely. He some easy kills by the looks of it. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll come on to that in a second. Basically, what he was right. doing, um, he lives in this Russian city of Kazan uh, and he would basically gain access to their houses by pretending to be a social services worker or a maintenance official. Um, basically trick his way in with old people because they're going to be more susceptible to letting an official person in or so they think and he would just no real planning jack or weapons or anything like that he would just find something in the house and use it to kill them so a number of old women in dressing gowns he just took the dressing gown cord and strangled them with it Um, grabbing electricity cables in the house and strangling them with that and stuff like that Um, so he was a strangler basically Usually got an MO these guys, so you yeah, like strangle them. Mostly. Um he was he told yeah. his interrogator that I choked them with my hands from the back and I held on to the victim until they fell asleep and then they fell. Um he was asked why he used that method of killing and he said it was quiet and fast and it was painless for them and certainly for me it was less painful too. Oh it was oh it was pain <laughs> painless for him, was it? Well, I'm glad you're thinking of yourself, mate. And yeah. strangling somebody isn't a nice way to go. No, I can't imagine it's probably not. Yeah, there's probably not any real nice way to get murdered, but like maybe getting shot in the back of the head or something. That would be boom, you get lights out and that's you done. Um, If I was to get murdered, I'd like to get shot in the head. (laughs) Yeah, I think. Well, apparently, if you watch if you watch a TV show, you watch a film, and you see somebody being strangled, somebody basically puts their arms round their neck, and after about thirty seconds, they're completely limp and dead. And I, I think you're right. I think the reality is far, far, far from that. Um, it actually oh, it takes I a good couple takes, of minutes to strangle somebody, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it takes a good while, and you're pretty much conscious and aware for a hell of a lot of it, and you're feeling the pain, you're feeling the the, the kind of clamour to breathe and be unable to, and then eventually you pass out and die. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think it would be absolutely horrendous, like awful. Seeing that, like um, that guy for Jackass, Steve, used to get strangled, and he used to pass out pretty quickly. So maybe there is a like if you do strangle somebody hard enough, you do pass out quickly. Maybe I'm not one hundred percent sure. Do you yeah, remember that? But he used to I, get strangled. I do, yeah, but I don't know if he was he was basically getting strangled enough just so that he passed out. This guy strangling people so much that they pass out and they never wake up. So I would imagine if Steve O passed out and they kept on strangling him, he would come. He'd probably come to again before he actually killed again. Probably. Uh, maybe. Aye. I don't. I don't know. I hope I never find out. Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. it's. It's one of the ones where I don't think it's fair of this. Obviously, it's not fair of this guy to fucking murder anybody, but it's certainly not fair of him to be saying that it was painless because I think it's far from it. Um, He would steal money and valuables from the house, um, but this wasn't targeted, like I said. It was just old people that he took advantage of, so it wasn't like he was looking for something in particular. He would just steal whatever was there. Um, There was obviously definitely some sort of element of enjoyment to it as well. You don't murder 20 grannies and only stick to grannies and not murder anybody else other than grannies, unless you're getting something out of it, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know, I don't, I don't know much about this guy. It doesn't seem to be sexual, because a lot of times it's sort of sexual gratification, but I don't know, yeah, you just got a buzz out of it, man. Your brain's wired wrong, you're fucked up. What's quite interesting is that back in 2016, um, the Russian police got a criminal psychologist to kind of draw up who who or what kind of person they suspected the killer to be. 
And sometimes that these things can be brilliant. Sometimes they can be absolute nonsense. It's they're not. I wouldn't rely on them, and you can take them a pinch of salt sometimes. But this guy's got it pretty much bang on a lot of these things. He described them as being somebody that's lived in the area for a long time. Um, he said that the killer would, would the killings would leave the perpetrator emotionally drained and tired, so he can't do it very often, and proceeds with the next killing only when he runs out of money. Um, motivated by material gain but at the same time he enjoys the killing otherwise he wouldn't go on with it um, described him as mentally competent or sane accountable not driven by psychiatric illness and fully understands what he's doing which was true and he probably grew up in an unsafe environment and was abused by the woman that looks after him and that's why he kills only elderly women but not elderly men and apparently there's some truth in that as well that we're digging into at the moment with this guy Right okay so like Granny or something with fucking leather when he was younger. Or something. Aye, yeah. just hit me up, hit me a brush or something, and that's him right. taking out and all these other grannies. Um, but he's not violent in daily life. Quite socially competent and comes across as a nice and polite person. And people from his social circle would be shocked when they learn about his crimes. And he's a dad of two. He had a job, and going by his mugshot, he looked like quite a normal kind of generic-looking Russian fella. So I think looked very Russian. Just, yeah, yeah. I think the psychologist got it pretty bang on for once, which is pretty good going. Um, he, he did say something that's fucking, like, very obvious, I think. People from his social circle would be shocked when they learn about his crimes. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine any situation where you found out one of your pals was a murderer and you went, aye, I kind of thought he was, <laughs> he was, at, he was up to something, the weirdo. Aye. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a gimme, that one. Um, I think as well, like, people talk a lot about how child killers and child predators and stuff like that get targeted in jail and have a bad time in jail and stuff like that. I wonder how a granny killer will get treated in a Russian prison. Granny killer? Yeah. It, it, won't, be the, it won't be the lowest of the low, I, I wouldn't imagine. No. That is, like you say, reserved for the old the old pedos, basically. Yeah. I don't know what um, Russia's attitude to old people's like. like. I know that obviously like China and stuff, they really value old people and they really, really look after them sort of thing and the, the thought of somebody doing that in China probably would be the lowest of the low. I don't know how Russia sort of ranks its elderly if they think they're just a pain in the arse or not like we do or if they, <laughs> they hold them in greater esteem. Uh, that'll probably have some way to do with it. If he sees behind a prison cell, he might just end up getting fucking murdered um, because I, I believe they've still got capital punishment in Russia, don't they? I'd be shocked if I they don't didn't. Know, they mate, must I'm, do. I'm... It seems like the type of country that yeah, would, it's fucking um, Russia. Uh, it's been passing aspersions, but yeah, it, yeah, it kind of well. does. Yeah, but yeah, uh, if if they do have capital punishment, he's going to he's going to get it. He might never actually see a prison cell. They they, they kind of this is let's be totally just stereotypical here. They strike me as the kind of country that does have capital punishment, and they don't have people sitting on death row for twenty years waiting to die. That's that's I, that's my take. Yeah, but, but we are jumping to conclusions here, guys. Um, but. Yeah, I can kind of get behind. That's a case of, right, uh, you're a serial killer. You're getting shot at dawn, basically, yeah, in the next couple of days. Totally. Aye. We got a bit of feedback off Spotify this week about whereabouts tomorrow people are listening to us, and Russia wasn't one of them, so fuck them. Yeah, um, America, Portugal. One from Portugal today, um, which is nice. Yeah, a guy, a guy listening to us in a taxi in New York, that blew my mind. Yeah, that's pretty, that's bizarre, man. That's one so high if you're listening again. Yeah. Um, Forget your name, man. I do apologise. <laughs> imagine, like, imagine that window was down in that taxi, and our voices were getting carried somewhere mm. across New York City. Yeah, who's, who's 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 blasting a podcast like out? But like, 
he's obviously got earphones in. <laughs> oh, Sportman being different, you know, he's like, oh, fucking ruined. I don't he's an actual taxi driver. <laughs> See, in my head, Peter Parker was walking down the streets of New York, right, just getting ready to change into Spider-Man costume, and heard us talking and thought, I quite like the sound of that, I'll check that out after I've saved this person. Speaking about New York, man, that's actually not a bad segue to um, some of the active serial killers we've got uh, nowadays, mate, so... Just want to battle through these, I suppose. Yeah, I let's get eight or nine of them. I need yeah. to give a shout out to the source um, because normally it's Wikipedia, and that's obviously you can fucking use and abuse that because of what it is. But um, this is specifically from serialkillershop.com. Okay. Um, nine, nine active serial killers still going about today. So basically, basically, I've just cut and paste that. Okay, before you start, uh, quick question about Wikipedia, right? Because Wikipedia is something I use all the time and I read it, right? It's probably the website I spend the most time on, I would imagine. Various different bits and pieces. However, every every so often when you go on it, that Jimmy Wales character's face pops up asking for money. And I I don't know what it is about Wikipedia and about his face, but even all the usage I get out of that website, I have never once been tempted to give him a dollar. Have you? Never, no. It's weird. Um, I've never actually seen his face. I don't know what he looks like. like oh, he's got a grey beard. Right. Uh, he pops up yeah. every now and then looking for money. And it's weird because I subscribe to a number of different podcasts, like on Patreon, and I do a couple of other subscription-based website content and stuff like that. Quite happily pay money for content. But for some reason, Wikipedia, even though it's so good and I love it, I just don't, it just doesn't appeal to me to do it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's not really fucking... What was the guy's name? Jimmy? Jimmy Wales. I think his name is. I was going to say Jimmy Page there, but that's something <laughs> different. Uh, Jimmy Wales. It's kind of because you're, you don't you do not do anything. Like, it's... A big bunch of volunteers that do all the work, really, isn't it? It's not, it's not even volunteers. It's like just ed- people. Like, I could yeah. go and edit Wikipedia if I wanted to. I think the other thing as so, well is that if I don't... See, if I don't donate, it's still going to be there. It's not like I'm going to not be able to use it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but it's, but, uh, it's weird, I don't know what, what about it, but you, it just came in my head there, you talking about how much we look at Wikipedia. But it's not Wikipedia today, it's another website. Yeah, Serial Killer Shop. So, um, yeah, we're in New York, so this is a Long Island serial killer, mate. Um, this guy, uh, he's been plying his trade basically over for over 20 years now, and he's not been caught killing at least 10 people between 1996 and 2010, uh, possibly more. Um, they've not yet discovered yeah, so he's dubbed the Long Island serial killer or the Craigslist Ripper. Um, the extent of these unsolved crimes is still unknown. Um, obviously, it's gone cold in the last 10 years or so, they think, but it's unusual for a serial killer to go cold for 10 years. Um, it was only after authorities accidentally stumbled upon human remains while searching for a missing sex worker called Shannon Gilbert that they realised that Gilgo Beach could be a dumping area for a serial killer. I think they found um, four bodies at first and police then sort of obviously widened our search a bit and discovered an R6. Um, eight of them were women, all escorts who used to use Craigslist um, to advertise their services, basically. Um, is Craigslist still going in America, do you know? Yeah, it's super popular in America for some reason. It's it's, it's, a, it's a weird because, thing. Because you can get sex on it, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's like Facebook Marketplace for dirties, basically. Yeah, and what makes it, I know it's it's sad that people are getting murdered, but what makes it extra sad is one of the bodies was that of a, a toddler. Um, who was later discovered to be the daughter of one of the victims. And oh, a little bit strange your, here. Does it take your kids to school day? Fucking hell. I know. I, you take, just, take your kids you, to work day even. <laughs> <laughs> and you just sit outside while your mummy goes in there and does her thing. Aye. Aye, so, and then one of the, this is, makes it 
a little bit more bizarre. Um, another body was a cross-dressing guy, basically, a transvestite. Um, so that kind of adds a little bit of further mystery to this. I don't know yeah. if it does add mystery to this killer's motive. Like, maybe just he thought it was a woman. He <laughs> may have done. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think, it's in this day and age, right? There's a lot more issues I've got with murdering people <laughs> than the fact that he, he might like a transvestite and a woman. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's not that abnormal in this day and age. There's nothing really mad about that. Um, although serial killers usually have a kind of they usually do have a type they go for in terms of victims and stuff, so it is unusual in that way that it's two completely different cross-sections of society, I suppose. Um, several of the suspects were soon identified. The police thought they had some ideas of who this guy was going to be, but there was absolutely no conclusive ties to any of the ten victims. And there's quite a big theory, Jack, that this killer has a law enforcement background because he has managed to avoid capture for so long. And um, the mystery of who the Long Island serial killer goes on and on because I would imagine like New York is probably and I know Long Island's slightly different from New York but New York's probably one of the hardest places in the world to be a serial killer because of the volume of CCTV in that city and how busy it is and stuff like that it's not like rural America where it's a, a hell of a lot easier to be a serial killer Yeah I would imagine like speaking about the the thought that a serial killer might work in the police this next guy um, I kind of reading a little bit about him. Pretty sure this guy is a police officer. Um, this is the Jeff Davis eight killer. Um, oh, right. So between two thousand five and two thousand nine, the body's eight woman. Um, aged between seventeen and thirty, were found dumped in the swamps of Jefferson Davis Parish near Jennings in Louisiana. Um, which sounds like a a sort of place that you were kind of speaking about there, mate, like in the outback. Yeah, that's about Louisiana, but. <clears throat> Louisiana and, in the deep south and it's it's down kind of Florida way sort of thing and it's completely different to New York so yeah you're right aye and like hi everybody this is annoying you because this might have just popped up in the middle of a sentence we don't know to be perfectly honest with you where these adverts are getting thrown in but if you don't want adverts there's something you can do and that is join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash long term memory or click the link in the show links. Why would they do that, Colin? Well, not only would they get all the shows without the adverts, they get them early, they get some bonus content, and you get the chance to be named as an executive producer credit on the end of each pod, all from as little as 10 pence per day. If you can't do that, can't support us financially, that's cool. Leave a review and a rating, that would be spot on. And now, back to the show. The victims had lots of things in common, several of them actually knew each other uh, one pair of victims were cousins but this is what makes me think it's definitely a police person uh, the most bizarre thing was that all the victims had acted as police informants <laughs> oh, right, and okay. several of whom actually reported on other Jeff Davis victims before their own murders so they were, they were putting in reports about people getting murdered and then getting murdered. Fuck it's yeah. definitely a police man. It sounds know, it, doesn't it? Um, the investigations into the murders of the Jeff Davis eight never, ever got close to identifying a legitimate suspect, but it did lead to wild allegations um, of misconduct amongst Louisiana police. Um, muddled, muddling the case for even further, an investigative, grad, excuse me, an investigative reporter later stated that the person or people responsible for the killings were most likely part of law enforcement, and given each victim's history, like you say, that is pretty plausible, and that caused a fucking nightmare of stuff going on in the police, can you imagine? Like, 
if you're a police officer and you're not a serial killer, but you're convinced that one of your colleagues is, that must be wild. I like it. It makes it a particularly disturbing case. Um, it's it, I, like it's definitely police corruption, man. Um, and it was only last year, in October 2019, that interest in the case was renewed as a result of Showtime uh, putting out a new documentary on the case. So, um, <laughs> it's, uh, that's funny you should say that because obviously a serial killer involved in the police and it's Showtime because that just leads me to think about the, the Dexter, the TV show Dexter. Um, what, what that's a Showtime show. Yeah. That's a Showtime show. Um, and there's the news broke last month that it's coming back for another season. Oh um, no, fuck off, is it? Did you, did you not know this? No, man. <laughs> Mate, they're I, bringing like, Dexter I, I back. Loved, I loved it until the last, well, I loved the first like three or four seasons and I, I did stick with it. And it's just fucking ridiculous, man. But, and they're bringing it back. That yeah, is, so. I think that's a crime. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's um, worse than serial killing that, bringing that back, man. First four seasons were tremendous. Season four in particular with the Trinity Killer, um, Lithgow, and obviously Rita in the Bath and the final scene and stuff like that was perfect. It was amazing TV, actually. And then it just got horrendous. And I think we watched eight seasons or nine seasons of it. And in the end, he just became a lumberjack. Yeah, he just fucked off, man. He just yeah. fucked off. Left his kid with another serial killer. Took, drove his boat into a fucking hurricane. Survived it and became a, a lumberjack. And that was the end of Dexter. But it's not the end. It's coming back for another ten episodes next year. Not looking forward to that, man. I'll We're going to, but you are going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch it. Uh, yeah, probably will. But, I'll, um, I'll hate watch it as well, but I'll still do it. But yeah, I can't believe it. Hate watch? That's quite a good term. <laughs> so many shows become a hate watch, but you've invested so much time into them. Like The Walking Dead is one that was a hate watch for a good couple of years, then it came back being good again the last maybe season and a half. But when you've, but I think when you've watched them for so long, you're kind of loath to stop watching it because you've invested so much time already. You don't want to miss the ending. See. That used to be the case with me, but I, I was very much committed to something like that. But I think nowadays, if I started watching something, and after a couple of seasons it got crap, I would just stop watching it now. Ah, I'm pretty sure I would. I've kind of grown up a bit in that sense. It's only took me 35 years, but um, yeah, I think I would just chuck something. Whereas I would commit to things years ago, and that was it. I would stick by it. Stuck by a lot of shit. Um, the Volga Maniac that you brought up earlier, He's called the Volga Maniac. This guy's got a, a good nickname who he's still kicking about. This is the West Mesa Bone Collector. Nice. In 2009, in February, a woman was out for a walk with her dog. It all seems to be dog walkers. <laughs> um, discovered these human bones, but she found it near um, Albuquerque in New Mexico. And police, um, obviously, to go and investigate human bones. That's what they do. <laughs> uh, but to their shock, they subsequently discovered the remains of a living woman. In total, among that sort of same stretch of land. Bloody hell. Like, dog walkers do get a lot of credit for finding shit like this, but let's be honest, it's the fucking dog that finds it. It's not the woman. dog, that <laughs> is, aye. Right, aye. It's, it's the dogs that find this stuff. The women are just, I mean, listening to what the dogs are doing. Um, but yeah, these bodies they found, the women ranged from between the ages of 15 and 32, and they were all involved in the sex trade. Um, most were Hispanic in descent. And one of them was even pregnant at the time when she was murdered. Aye, that again, like all these cases, it remains unsolved, but police do have two major suspects. However, one of them is in prison on an unrelated charge and the other is dead. So okay. they don't know if this guy's still active um, or 
dead, basically. Uh, Lorenzo Montoya lived in a, a trailer a few miles from where the victims were found, but he was killed in 2006 by a sex worker um, who was probably going to be his next victim if he was the killer. And there's another guy called Joseph Blear, um, was also a known rapist in the area. Uh, and when police invaded his home, they found a stash of women's jewellery and underwear. So, um, like, I not really took a deep dive into this guy, so I don't know. Is he in prison then for being a rapist? So they think it's him, but they can't prove it. Um, it's, well, he's a known rapist, but he's got a house, so he can't be in prison. Um, he must have served time. He right, must have okay, served time so. already, and he's out. Um, but the, like, the police haven't been able to find a confirmed definitive link between them. So, like, like you say, the case is still open, and there's probably far more bones out there. Yeah, it's um, like that. That's that's four or five have covered from America. I think we're going. We're going to different countries now, but I think <laughs> there, there, there seems to be, on average, they seem to think between 10 and 12 active serial killers in America at any one time. So this isn't even half the story about America. It seems to be America that gets the sort of the superstar serial killers one, but um, South America is pretty good for them as well. Uh, it good, is. In, in inverted <laughs> yeah. I, it's pretty yeah. good. Um, and they're, they're fans of that maniac tag as well aren't they because yeah, yeah. this next one's the brazil rainbow maniac um and i'm sure it's not a maniac that puts rainbow signs up for the nhs during covid19 um this guy um was a serial killer in carapacuba in brazil and he targeted gay men um over the span yeah. of 18 months between two <laughs> wait a minute is that why he's called the rainbow maniac <laughs> it must be yeah <laughs> fucking hell man that's right, okay. yeah that's better <laughs> Um, that's quite thoughtful of them yeah yeah that's but, nice it's, but, listen there's a lot worse things they could have called them so Rainbow Minette's quite nice it's well it is quite nice but then you you think is that going to I don't know what their attitudes are towards gay people in Brazil I think they're pretty laid back actually um, uh, yeah they're pretty cool I think they're pretty think cool they're so it, yeah it would be different if it was in Russia or something they were calling somebody a Rainbow Maniac because basically that would be tarring all gay people like the it would be on purpose, like, oh, he's a rainbow killer, a rainbow maniac. Yeah, so totally. you better watch out for those rainbows type of thing. But I think they're probably laid back in Brazil. Um, the only reason I'm saying that is because of the Carol Pilkington thing. He's in, <laughs> he's in Brazil with a gay guy and he's having a great, well, he's not having a great time, he's having a terrible time. But um, yeah, they seem pretty laid back over there with, with their um, carnival and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, these victims were pretty laid back as well. Most of them were found with their trousers around their ankles. <laughs> um, they were all killed execution style with bullets to the head 13 different people shot in the head with their ankle, their trousers around their ankles um, one of his victims he beat to death and the 12th victim he shot 12 times for some reason as well so there's maybe maybe people have tried to escape and it's turned a bit nasty and it's kind of swayed away from his usual quick swift bullet to the head but 12 victims uh, sorry 13 victims all shot to death and the trousers around the ankles, it's, that's your rainbow colour. Yeah, maybe I should have read this before I was speaking about um, Brazil, because um, it does say that uh, Sao Paulo, where um, this thing was happening, is one of the most progressive cities in South America, but at the time of the murders, there were several sort of ultra-conservative groups, and they were highly vocal um, about their intolerance towards homosexuality, and it's possible that the person responsible for these killings was like a a vengeful homophobe, basically, um, looking to reduce the numbers of gays 
in the community by oh. just going out and shooting them, obviously. Right, wow, okay. Yeah. But, but he wanted to put their trousers around their ankles just to see their cock at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay, but... My mouth <laughs> show your bobby. Um, <laughs> um, 2011, there was a suspect that arrested and trialled in relation to the killings, but the jury decided he was not guilty. Um, so, whoever the rainbow maniac is, he's still out there, and at the minute, he's getting away with murder. Yeah, these guys might be in prison for other things. Like, maybe that guy that um, the first guy we covered stopped in 2010 because he's in prison on an unrelated charge, basically. Um, that seems to be quite a common is quite a common thing, you know what I mean? But, like, if, if they stop, they're in jail for something else, basically. Yeah, um, it, could be, it could be that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Africa. Um, again, I'm going to pass the spells here. Um, talking about being intolerant towards gays. Um, I kind of think that some places in Africa can be quite intolerant, but um, we're going to Nigeria now for the Ibidan Forest Serial Killers. So there's an S at the end of that there. So let's see what this one's about. Um, so there's a place known as the Ibidan Forest of Horror or the Evil Forest. And back in 2014, a curious motorcyclist uh, made his way into the Shoka Forest in Ibidan, um, Oyo State in Nigeria. Um, where he found, and what he found was something like from an H.P. Lovecraft story. <laughs> right, H.P. Lovecraft, you started watching a programme by him recently. Did you stick with it? I did stick with it, mate. It's very, very good, yeah. Uh, it's HBO, so it's going to be good. You know, it's very, HBO have got a pretty good run rate of not making shit, but aye, it was good. Um, it was one of those ones where I watched it with Lisa, and... She really, really enjoyed the first episode until the twist with five minutes to go when all the mad, creepy, monster shit noise stuff happened. And she was completely out at that point, didn't want to watch it anymore. So I've kept on watching it and it is very good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because I, I've heard about H.P. Lovecraft and I only really know um, South Park done a thing about him and it's really weird. And it's just, I've never really been a sci-fi person. So that kind of put me off. Um, but you, you say it's good. I'm going to say I'll put it on a list. Know how that list every, everybody's got in their head, in their head that they're never going to get to. But <laughs> um, this guy that went into the forest found a small colonised area of like decrepit buildings, and inside there were over twenty rotten corpses and several um, like human skulls. And most terrifyingly, there was ten live people chained to slaughter benches. Fucking Jesus hell! Jesus Christ! Yeah. Other buildings had piles of clothes, boots and passports inside them. Police have attempted to trace the owners of the passports, but have been unable to find them. So exactly who might be responsible for this stuff is completely unconfirmed, but there is rumours that the place could have been a den for some religious zealots to indulge in ritual sacrifice and flesh-eating. Um, Nigeria is a very... Say on you go. I'm just saying it's just that, like... I hadn't read these before we started. This is bizarre, this one. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, Nigeria is a very religious country and the sort of cannibalistic acts do have quite primal associations, apparently. Um, since the discovery of this forest, many Nigerians with missing relatives have all flocked to this area to search for their loved ones because they're worried they've kind of came to this fate as well. Yeah, so that's a pretty, pretty bizarre one, man. Um so they seem to think that this might not be a single serial killer. This might be like a a bunch of zealots, like you say, who are just killing and eating people. Sounds absolutely terrifying. Whereas this next guy is called the Smiley Face Killer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
45 uh, college-aged males across a 20-year span uh, all drowned after getting intoxicated. Uh, however, uh, the kicker is that these drownings happened in 11 different states. And despite the distance between them, some detectives think that the drownings are actually the work of a serial killer or a group of serial killers. And like I said, this is dubbed uh, the smiley face murder theory. What do you think about that? Because you don't hear about that a lot, like groups of serial killers. But it, it must kind of happen like you stumble upon people that have the same thought process as you and how do you bring it up with somebody so yeah it's, it's being a serial killer is a very solitary profession you don't yeah. tend to get like a, a tag team or a group of serial killers what's more likely and what probably could be this would be almost a cult leader type thing and you've got one serial killer and he's managed to captivate and appeal to a bunch of people to kind of follow him and do stuff on his PC rather than because they're also serial killers, if you know what I mean. I think that's potentially what it's all about, maybe, this one. Like Manson-esque, maybe? Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. stuff. The, the, so that sort of cult-type thing, because the idea of all these different serial killers all working together and taking their turn to murder and taking their turn to do whatever they want to do with the body and stuff like that, that that's a hard thing to comprehend because of how we know these guys are wired and how they like to operate and stuff like that. And the, the idea of them sharing the task and letting somebody else do this to the body and all that, I'm I just not sure I believe that. Yeah, like, the detectives claim that there's, there's been smiley faces found near the site, so where, like, these, at least 12 of these guys have been found round, and they, they, their theory is that the, the guys were abducted, murdered, and then disposed of in the water to give the impression of drowning. I kind of thought that science proved that, like, you would find water in the lungs and stuff like that if you're murdered before you get flung into water. So, I don't... I'm not really sure how solid this theory is, to be honest with you. Like, or whoever's been writing about it hasn't researched it that well. I don't know. Maybe I'm passing aspersions on SerialKillerShop.com. <laughs> well, they did find that sort of date rape drugs and all the vo- in, in the systems of all the victims um, right. uh, in enough quantity to make them completely unconscious. And the victim profile is pretty similar in almost every case. They're male, white, athletic, successful, and popular. See, when you hear that, that does sound like you're kind of fucking serial killer loser who's got yeah, a... Yeah, was bullied at school. Bullied yeah. at school, and he's somehow risen to prominence enough that he's became quite captivating and people are following and helping him with that. Because that kind of male, white, athletic, popular thing, that's that's somebody who's had issues in school, basically, isn't it? I like, they don't, like... The condition of the bodies is something else. It's a bit off. Like, one victim would be missing for 40 days, but the... Like the nick of the guy's body or the corpse was nowhere near consistent with somebody who'd been in water for six weeks. Um, and that's also been the case for multiple other victims. So, again, they don't really know what's happening. And whether or not you think the smiley face theory is fact or fiction, it's a little bit creepy, this one as well, especially that it's sort of spread over such a big distance because normally they sort of stick to what they know. Like, they, they tend to spiral out sometimes, like, you know, yeah. so they'll, they'll start close to home and then get further away. That's a sort of spiral theory thing with, with serial killers, but um, to move over a, a living states and kind of know what it's like in um, America, it seems a little bit disjointed that the police won't speak to the FBI and the FBI won't speak to the CIA and Montana won't speak to Louisiana. Like, they want to be very secretive, so that can, I suppose, put barriers in the way of actually finding these killers if they're not fucking talking to each other, man. 
Yeah, totally. Know? It can massively help them. That's why so many of them do. They can operate within state lines and stuff and move around and almost moving from one state to another can make you go missing, basically. Because they are yeah. so shit at talking to each other, these different law enforcement agencies. It's dead childish, I think. Oh, I'm not speaking to them. They're in the FBI. I'm in the CIA. Yeah. We're different teams. We're, take, we're taking over this case now. <laughs> you always see that, don't oh, you? Yes. Like, they get pissed yeah. off. But it's it's just stupid. But that's that's America for you, isn't it? Um, what's the next one? We've got a guy called Pedro Lopez, the monster of the Andes. Um, this one's quite unique, obviously, because we know his name, which would lend you yeah. to think that, okay, this guy's caught and stuff. However, all we know is that his name's Pedro Lopez. He was born in Colombia in 1948, and he was the son of a prostitute. And as a child, he was forced to watch his mother partake in extreme sexual acts. He himself was often molested as well, and he claims uh, these claims that these events claim that it significantly affected his psyche. Um, by the early seventies, he began to rape and kill young girls across South America. Yeah, and then in nineteen eighty, there was an attempted abduction that went wrong, and uh, this guy Lopez was apprehended by locals. Um, citizens arrested and handed over to police in Peru, and once in custody, um, this guy basically told his life story, uh, including being captured by a native tribe and sentenced to execution for killing a young girl. Um, he then said that he'd killed about three girls a week for two years, which would raise his number of victims to over 300. Now, I think this guy is on Wikipedia, and if you go to Wikipedia, you can arrange serial killers by number, yeah. basically, and I think this guy pops up at the top um, because, yeah, he's killed over nearly 300 people if he's telling the truth. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, but obviously, police are pretty sceptical of that nonsense when they hear that because it's just seems out there. Um, but he did lead them to a mass grave where they found 53 bodies. So when somebody says there's 300 and the first bit of evidence he gives you gives you 53 bodies back, you probably right. sit up and fucking take notice, don't you? I like the, the thing um, with this guy is that he was arrested and put in prison for these murders, obviously, but they have a, a maximum sentence. Um, like, basically, you're only allowed to get 18 years for whatever. So this guy killed 300 people and got let out of prison. Fucking um, hell. And they basically, <laughs> like, I'm not 100% sure what country he was in prison in, but they basically took him over the border and let him go. <laughs> like, fuck it. <laughs> like, took him from Peru to Brazil and went, like, on you go, mate, fuck off. And, um, like, he, he was suspected of being responsible for a new murder. Um, but nobody's been able to find him since 1998, so fuck what he's doing, man, just running about. They set him free, like, that's, it's just mental, that. It's fucking bonkers. Like, I know the law is the law, right, but you, you make a new rule, <laughs> like, you, you, you go that, right, okay, this guy killed 300 people, he's definitely going to kill when he gets out again, so let's keep him in jail or murder him or something, like, you, you change your rules, like, fuck that, you don't just stick so rigidly by the law, I don't think, but they obviously did and just let him out, and he's obviously killed more people, um, he might be dead himself, we don't know, but yeah, Pedro, the monster Painful. of the Andes running about. Yeah. Um, okay, the penultimate one here then uh, is the vending machine killer, um, and this one talks about Japan and its infatuation with vending machines. Um, there's 5 million vending machines in Japan, um, making an average of one vending machine per 23 people. Um, just on a quick side note, um, did you see that thing in the news last week that there's now a vending machine in Glasgow that gives you pizza? Uh, no. 
So um, it's really boring for him that's not in Glasgow. But in the in the city centre, there's a section called the Merchant City, and there's now a pizza vending machine. It's eight pound, and the machine I think holds eighty fresh pizzas. And right. you put your money in, and you pay, and four minutes later you get a, a pizza. Pretty sure they do that in Amsterdam. Like they have, and it's not quite vending machines. It's more like it's like a like a shop you go in without. There's nobody in the shop, but and it's just like wee ovens, and you you put your money in, and yeah, the oven opens okay. up basically. Yeah. So, cool, probably something similar to that. Um, yeah. Between April and November 1985, um, so just when I was born in Hiroshima, twelve people were killed as a result of uh, poisoning, and a further 35 were seriously injured. And when authorities looked into the circumstances surrounding these poisons, they found that most of the victims had one thing in common: they'd recently consumed the drink, um, or is that or a nomen? Uh, C basically. So somebody's been poisoning the drink by the looks of it. Bloody hell. Um so the 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 team saying same time that company behind that drink had launched a marketing campaign offering mm. free bottles of this drink from vending machines whenever someone made a purchase. However, this then this would only happen in Japan, Jack, right? Japan Japanese folk are pretty thoughtful and yeah, they are. take more than they need, right? So what they did is when they bought the drink and they got the free one, they would leave it on top for somebody else so that it didn't go to waste. And oh, right. the, but okay. So they're doing a nice thing there, leaving it for somebody that might not be able to afford it or not be able to get it. But police then found out that somebody was then lacing these drinks that were left for free with paraquat and placing them back on top of the vending machines. And right. that then made it pretty much impossible for the police to track down who was doing it because so many people were using these vending machines and leaving the drink for somebody. And because most vending machines are kind of in back quiet back streets, there was no CCTV or evidence of who was doing it. So the person who carried out these poisonings was never found. Um, that's proper devious, that's shady bathroom material, isn't well, it? Yeah, like, that's like, yeah, you, the person's obviously re- realised um, how difficult it was going to be to get found. Um, and once they stopped doing that, they've, they might be killing in other ways, but they've decided to, right, I'm not going to do that again because I get caught. So, yeah, that's really, uh, really quite devious. Um, the Maniac with Dull Eyes, um, also known as the Dalinovsky Maniac, we got another Maniac, um, was a Russian serial killer responsible for at least seven murders between 2004 and 2007. Um, and over in um in Russia, Various bodies were found around the city, dumped in construction sites and abandoned buildings. All of the victims were women uh, between the ages of 17 and 31, and they'd all been raped prior to their slaughter. So, um, this is like a more common serial killer, basically. Like, sexual gratification and kill them, basically. Yeah, but perhaps kind of the most clear <clears throat> part of this was that each scene, the killer left a calling card. Um, he, he would basically draw crude porno drawings on the wall beside everybody, so the police would find this body and if they looked up on the wall, there'd be like a really shit but crude porno cartoon that he left on the wall for them. Yeah, so the, the police established that it was obviously a serial killer responsible for at least seven of these murders and they also linked this maniac to a series of murders dating back to 1999 and he was also suspected uh, in the murder of a young woman in 2010 as well. So they seem to think that this guy's killed at least 17 people but has um, has never been caught and might still remain out there today, mate. So that's basically 
bunch of active serial killers. Obviously, we don't know if they're active. They might be dead, they might be in jail, but um, basically serial killers that haven't been caught. So it's pretty creepy to think that yeah, they're out there. Yeah. And people living, living, living a normal life, you know, yeah, and then just even, get out. We've not even scratched the surface of it. There. That's yeah. a tiny, tiny amount of them we're talking about here. There'll be far, far more than that. Um, yeah. However, there is a bunch that have been caught, and although it's creepy thinking about the ones that are still out there, there's certain, certainly a lot of creepiness in the ones that have actually been caught. So to finish off, we've got a couple of creepy quotes that serial killers have made after they've been caught, either speaking in court or speaking in police, uh, speaking to the police, and some of these are potentially horrendous. Um, yeah. I'll start this first one. It's a girl called a guy called Carol Panzerum. He right. admitted to killing over twenty-one people and sodomising over a thousand boys and men. Oh, that's fucking prof- prolific, man. Yeah, that's, that's Premier League sodomising. Um, <laughs> one, one of his most brutal murders occurred in the 1920s when he hired six men to work on a boat with him in Angola. And shortly after the boat set off, he shot them all dead and fed them to crocodiles. Um, oh, he's, got, he's got an autobiography. Yeah, he wrote an autobiography and he said in his book, for all the things I've done, I am not the least bit sorry. Fuck, okay, what am I? Yeah, no remorse there. Uh, Mary Bell, um, she was 11 years old when she committed her murders. Uh, the strangling of a four-year-old boy, and a few months later the strangling of a three-year-old boy. Uh, after the first murder, she knocked on the boy's door asking to see him. Uh, when his parents told him he was no longer alive, she said, Oh, I know he's dead. I wanted to see him in his coffin. All right, Mary, you maniac. That's pretty uncommon, but, you know, the old female serial killer doesn't happen that often. It doesn't, certainly, the 11-year-old female serial killers are even more. There's not yeah. many of them about, but I, um, she's obviously fucking a maniac. Um, speaking of maniacs, Albert Fish, um, who I believe they're making a movie about, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. Um, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fish met up with a man named Edward Budd in 1928 with the intention of killing and eating him. But when he met Budd, his 10-year-old sister Grace was there and he decided to eat her instead. And after eating this 10-year-old girl, he wrote a letter to her parents saying that she tasted sweet and tender. Oh, Albert, you bad man. Um, we'll wrap it up with Joe Metheny. Metheny. Um he admitted to around eight murders uh, since 1976, uh, where after he'd mix the flesh of his victims with animal meat, and he would then sell the meat in burger form to unsuspecting customers at his food stand. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, um, the birds, I'm sorry, will never come out, for that would be a lie. So, like, it, it's just extra bad. Like, like obviously, murdering cunts is bad, but it seems extra bad when they come out and say, look, I'm not going to say sorry. Yeah, at least kid on that you've got remorse, you know, like like Jeffrey Demer. Oh, I'm sorry. Even though you're not, kid on. You know what I mean? At least kid on. You've got remorse. Don't come out and be like Joe. <laughs> so that's my advice to any serial killers out there. At least kid on. You're sorry at the end. You know. I'll go with an even simpler bit of advice to any serial killers that are listening. In. Just don't do it. Stop the killing. Chuck Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Aye, it's not. It's yeah. not cool. There's enough of you. Yeah, There's plenty of stories on Wikipedia. We've got plenty of content. So stop it. Yeah, so that's us. Um, as always, um, rate, subscribe, tell your pals because, well, it helps. It really does. Um, spreading the word. So if you could do that for us, we would be uh, very much obliged. So we would 
We would, yeah. And also, we hope you noticed on your feeds, uh, wherever you tend to listen, we've started dropping a little bonus episode now on a Thursday morning. Um, basically, uh, actually a little bit of extra content for you. We're looking at the date every Thursday and finding something relevant to that date. So that this particular week, it was the 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 birthday of the PlayStation, the Sony Playstations. We spoke for 10, 15 minutes about the PlayStation. Um, we'll do that for as long as we can be bothered I would imagine Jack yeah, uh, getting I... an extra episode out each week as well just to keep the content out there and hopefully if you do want to tell your pals about the show but you're the kind of person that doesn't want to ask your pal to listen to something for an hour there's a wee 50 minute thing to send their way and if they like that they might listen to one of the full shows and you've got us an extra listener so we would really 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 appreciate that yeah so we'll be with you on Thursday with the Nobel Prize guys uh, thanks for listening we will speak uh, to you then cheers personally don't think there's anybody still listening and if they are they're pretty hardcore wrong term memory fans and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely and if for whatever reason they can't do that and paying for content isn't their bag they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm.